Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts, Dave Glenz and Mike Morandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. Gentlemen. And joining us for uh, a repeat a repeat guest, uh, calling all the way via Skype from sunny California, is Eric Diaz. Say hello, Eric. Hello. Thanks for having and, uh, me. Thank you very much for being here. Welcome uh, Eric back, was sir. Last on yeah, he was last on to discuss Blue Velvet, and so Eric loves three things. Um, he loves well, he loves more than that, but yeah. he, he, he he loves lots of things. But the three things that come to my mind are Wonder Woman, David yeah. Lynch, and Prince. Wow! So um, we did a Lynch episode, and I had to have him on. And we're doing on this episode, guys. We are doing a 1984. Is it four? 1984. 1984's Purple Rain. So. Um, I had Eric, to have you, Eric on Do you on for also this like movies with like colors in them, like Blue Velvet, Purple Rain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, maybe that's the maybe that's Green Room, <laughs> Green Room, Blue Ruin. <laughs> he only watches movies with colors in the title. But before we get into the meat of this episode, where we're going to talk about Purple Rain and review it from a modern cinematic context, um, I want you to know that you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. That, dot com. And that being said, we're going to purify ourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> ah, good talk pronunciation. About purple rain. Prince in his first motion picture. Before he created the music, he lived every bit of it. So, um, be, actually, before we get... I mean, the reason for doing this episode is very obvious. Uh, Prince obviously passed away a few weeks ago, um, and this was a huge deal in the world of pop culture because Prince is a very influential musician, not just in the 80s when this movie takes place, but the, the thing is, I'm not... I'm, I mean, admittedly, I wasn't a huge super Prince guy, but you start reading about him and how influential he has been to music starting from, you know, the 80s leading up all the way, you know, through the modern era. So he wasn't just like a, a fixture of the 80s. He was more than that. Um, so he affected a lot of people and his death was a pretty profound experience on the Internet uh, just because of all the people discussing what he meant. Um, so before I get into this movie specifically, and the reason I had Eric on this show, um, I was wondering, Eric, if you could kind of give... Give me, who is um, who has horrible taste in music and doesn't listen to modern music. Like I, I don't I, listen to a lot of modern music either. I mean, well, I mean, let me give, let me set it up like this. Um, my parents exposed me to show tunes as a kid. Okay, and that's about the extent of my musical knowledge. So that's I pretty, want to that's go. Good, I doubt that. <laughs> so I want to talk to Eric, and I want you to just talk about Prince. What he means to you, and why oh and this is a loaded question. Yeah. And I, I know Keith is brief, but but basically. Why is Prince so important? Why is it such a big deal? Um, you know, why are people so obsessed with him and his death? Why is it such a profound thing? Um, well, maybe you could give us some background. 
Well, I mean, I was 10 when this movie came out and this album came out. And I have to sort of preface this by saying, like, this is the first... We've had a lot of movies that had soundtracks. This might qualify as the first soundtrack that had a movie. Like, the soundtrack Mm. came out first. Um, The movie is, I don't want to say an afterthought, but it's really built around the music. It's not the other way around. And when Prince came out, you know, I was 10 years old, and here was this guy who, you know, although he's completely super heterosexual, like was super effeminate and like was cool and like as a little gay kid i was just like here's this guy who is just you know uh, as femme as femme can be and everybody worshipped him and everybody looked up to him and that was so inspiring to me and even though i didn't really get it probably at on that level completely at 10 years old but like now as an adult i realized that's kind of what it was you know and also just the music is just great he's so talented and purple rain is just as an album i'm not even talking about the movie we'll get into the movie obviously but like this album is perfect like it's just this it's it's him at his peak there is no there are no bad songs on it and it's just he he kind of like oh god there's so much to say about prince you know he kind of combined spirituality with sexuality he didn't kind of like think of these two things as separate like you could be a spiritual person and you could be a horn dog. Like these are things that were comp- not mutually exclusive. Which the '80s was all about keeping those things separate. Generally, it's like it was the Reagan era where everything was, you know, kind of pious and you know, Jimmy Swaggart and televangelists. And then you also had a lot of sexuality. And here was Prince, who was like, "Yeah, those things are compatible. They're not separate." You know, and that was such a completely different thing. And I mean, you know, and then he, he's this genius who could play everything. And um, you know, you could play every instrument. It was just a completely different era, too. I mean, you know, the 80s was, you know, we had the Holy Trinity, man. Like, we had Michael Jackson, Prince, and Madonna. And I don't know if there's any kind of, <laughs> I don't know if there's any kind of, like, equivalent to that. Like, these are people who didn't need last names. I mean, yeah, Michael Jackson had a last name. But if you're talking about pop music and having a conversation and you just say Michael, people know you don't mean Bolton. Like, they know that you're talking <laughs> about, you know, it's like, this is the last era, I think, of, like, the larger-than-life megastar in a way that may, maybe Beyonce is kind of like that and Lady Gaga is kind of like that but not on this level like it was a truly like crazy era so I mean that's a really weird long answer to like a complex question but um, <laughs> well, I mean I think th- I think I think that kind of gives some perspective for me I mean I I um I I think that here's the thing that's going to be interesting to talk about Purple Rain in 1984 and I'm going to go around Robin in a second about what we all thought I, I mean I've Here's the interesting thing about Purple Rain, and you're going to hate me for saying this, Eric. This is a terrible movie. It's real bad. <laughs> no, it's not very wanted, good. It's not I a good movie. I wanted to say words. Um, <laughs> I love it, but, but it's not good. Yeah, that's what I think it's very interesting, and I, I kind of want to dive into that. Um, that being said, after watching this movie you know, all the way through for the first time, um, it made me appreciate him more as a musical artist, and I think it's really interesting that I could watch a movie that I objectively think is bad, but become more of a fan of Prince as a result of it. And maybe that's kind of this weird, uh, like, like dichotomy the movie strikes because, um, like you said, this is <laughs> this is a movie that exists because of an album, not the other way around. But Mike, yeah. you know, let's 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 go back and Mike, what is your experience with Prince and? Uh, <laughs> How did you um, manage to get through Purple Rain? How many drinks did it take to get through Purple Rain? I'm just curious. Um, well, I, I never met the man, unfortunately. Um, so I <laughs> have limited experience with Prince. Um, 
I, I feel like yeah, I, I probably I've been at your level of a cursory knowledge of him. Um, I, I I'll tell you what, the extent of my knowledge is basically uh, Dave Chappelle's sketch of him playing basketball. Like I feel like wow, that I'm with of... a bunch of kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm sadly enough, I'm probably your age, but it's just like I don't know. I didn't you know that wasn't really my time. I was kind of sheltered growing up, so I didn't really. Well, if Eric See, was ten in nineteen eighty four, yeah, I was forty. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, yeah. I, was, uh, I, I was one year old, so yeah, you're right. Okay, <laughs> um, but but yeah, so I, I you know, um, you know, not not much knowledge going into it uh, about him and his stuff, um, but I was interested to see how much. I recognize when it happened on this. Like when a song came on, I'm like, "Oh, that's him." Okay, yeah. When the doves cry, okay, that's him. Got it. Um, when the purple doves rain, cry. <laughs> whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called. That should tell you something. Um, like all these songs came on, I'm like, "Okay, it's, it's that. It's that guy." Got it. Um, when he says the quote about Lake Minnetonka, I've again, I've seen that in Dave Chappelle sketch. So yeah, I knew that as like, "Oh, that's that's uh, that's where that came from." Okay, makes no sense. It still doesn't make any sense to me. But okay, that's great. That's where it came from. Um, <laughs> So, someone make that make that make sense for me at some point in this podcast. Um, but yeah, and Ivan, I, I gotta agree with you, Eric. I'm sorry, but I, I think you know that that it's yeah. just it's a a pretty a pretty bad pretty bad movie. Um, yeah, like I don't I'll, love. The, I didn't say, see the movie like, for three years until after the album came out. I was also yeah. ten, so you know, <laughs> right? You know, but no, I'll say this. I like a lot it. of like, bad movies when I was ten. Too. There's there's elements of it that are good and I think that like yeah. all his performances are fantastic I think him and, and, and the revolution are, are they're pretty cool actually seeing them perform and like they're all you know they do they put on a good show um, and he's a very talented musician and, and I think Morris I Day. actually what's that this movie is and Morris Day at the time too like they're great watching them up on stage in this movie is also fun oh Morris Day yeah 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 um, yeah, I, I got some. I have. Um, I have like legitimate things I did didn't understand about the movie, but we'll get into that. Oh, we yeah. will. Oh, we D- will. Yeah. Dave, Dave, I mean, come on, you're a kid of the '80s. You're not a Prince fan. What were you listening to? I was. Because you're like Eric's age. Right? Yeah, I was more. I, I, I was. I would say I'm more. I was. I don't know. Prince was really wasn't my thing. Honestly, it was more Michael Jackson, Madonna, and Bruce Springsteen. I would say were the, of all Bruce! the. Yeah. Of well, all the the other Holy Trinity, yeah, the other no. exactly the other Holy <laughs> the other Holy Trinity. At least for me, I mean, it's I don't know what, what can I say. I mean, it just Prince. I always loved uh, certain songs. I mean, like uh, Raspberry Beret and Kiss and Purple Rain and uh, Let's Go Crazy, nineteen ninety. You know, all, all the big hits that everybody knows. I I love just like most people, but uh, Purple Rain and and the album and the movie were were never something I was really that attached to. I never really. I mean, I didn't see the movie all the way through until. Last night, and I had to fast forward through the last fifteen minutes. I thought, "What? what? How am I going to get? There's no, there's no way. I'm sorry. I, there's just, there's just no way. I'm sitting through the rest of this. I'm tired. It's been a long day. This movie makes no sense, and it's terrible. The music is great. This movie would be a great thirty-minute short film, um, but uh, it's just, it's impossible to sit. I mean, it's impossible to sit through and pay attention to. I'm just trying to imagine myself in 1984. Uh, you know, like a, let's say I'm a if I could somehow just be the same age in 1984 in the same position where I like movies the same way and I go to I go to that theater and Purple Rain is playing and it's gotten, you know, fairly good reviews somehow and uh, I sit down and I'm watching and I'm like, what the, f- what is this? I'm going to, I'm going to walk, I would probably walk out and you know, and I would, I would go home and pop in a Prince, you know, uh, audio cassette or something because, uh, or I'd sit down and watch MTV and wait for the latest Prince video uh, because this, you know, it just isn't worth the money. I, I was sad having to have spent 
four dollars renting this movie. I mean, it was really wasn't worth it. <laughs> okay, okay. Wow. I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. So, and okay. I really like Prince. So, so. Th- this is where Dave doesn't. This is where Dave and I differ very much on movies. I don't like terrible movies. Well, I, I have a <laughs> I, genuine appreciation for bad movies. Like The Room is legitimately one of my favorite things ever because I. I well, th- there's a fine line between a bad movie and then where it circles around and becomes good again. And I think at times, I, I don't think Purple Rain quite gets there, but I think at times it circles around and there are moments. It just that comes off as like really sad and awkward and uncomfortable like it doesn't get to that <laughs> phase of like oh this is incredibly bad but let, let, let's go back and let, let's talk about what the actual movie is I think I would rather watch The Room because I mean at least that was legitimately I think, funny I think that's like. Ivan's point yeah <laughs> um, but okay Purple Rain is about a young musician not called Prince the movie he's referred to as the kid, the kid. tormented yeah. by an abusive situation at home and must contend with a rival singer a burgeoning romance in his own dissatisfied band as his star begins to rise so it's basically about this guy um, it's basically an excuse to have Prince perform songs in a concert venue which is very interesting but here's what I, I need to ask all of you is don't you feel like the movie is is like stupid, yes. No, don't you <laughs> think right, it should right. be following? A, don't you think it should be following a different kind of template? So, I feel like the movie should be almost like Rocky, except for '80s pop music. Like it should be about a guy who is like a nobody who gets like an amazing shot to rise to prominence. Instead, it's but, more like Rocky Horror. Well, but well, think about this though. <laughs> think about this. Like, if I were to pitch this movie, I'd be like, oh, the kid is a guy who comes from a broken home in Minnesota, and he doesn't have any prospects, but he's got an amazing musician, and he finally gets his shot. But in the movie, it starts with him already pretty popular. Yeah, you can already... barely tell what's going on in, so it, that, in the story. So that's what I think is so crazy, is that it's like it has no arc. Like, it should start with him, like, rising to reach that point, but he's already famous, gets a little less well, famous. Well, he's locally famous. Yeah, that's He's the impression I got. Is that he famous, hasn't... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end, at the end, how is it different than he is at the beginning in terms of his popularity? Right? Like, is he just? So I, I don't think this... it's, he's it's not, not fired. It's... Basically, that's all it is. He didn't get fired from his job at the <laughs> club, which was kind of the only thing that's kind of looming over him in this movie in terms of like, like you said, like an arc. It's like, oh, I might get fired because, you know, I'm not packing them in like they used to. You know, and all of a sudden he gives this like amazing performance, and clearly he isn't fired, and he's going to go on to superstardom because that's I, what, I think it, that's I what think happened in real life. I think the story, right? So there you go. And I think the story is less about his rise to fame. I think it's more about his almost collapse, his near collapse. Right? I think he kind of seeing what right. he's dealing with, and it's more about like, yeah, he was he's pretty good, but he's going off the rails. He's, he's performing songs that no one understands. People don't get it. He's not he's not able to work the crowd like he used to be because everything is going wrong in his personal life. He can't get the girls. His, he's trying not to become his dad. I think. Right. Yeah. I think that's what they were trying to say. Yeah, well, and I yeah, think, I mean, I think that's actually that's the most thing. compelling part of the whole story is his relationship with his father and, and just seeing how it's playing out in his own life and all that stuff. Like, and his dad is a good actor, and I love actually genuinely yeah. like all the scenes with his father. Yeah, who I agree. I think, is I think great. That's the only, yeah, that's it's it. really in, it's really interesting who is good and who is bad actors in this because um, uh, the dad is not bad. He's actually pretty decent, yeah. and some of the uh, some of the revolution, some of his assistant, you know, guitar players, yeah, they're yeah. not terrible. Yeah, who are, none of them are actors. Nobody in this movie, outside of Prince's parents, are actors. They're, every that single one said, of them is musicians. Apollonia is terrible. Oh, She's oh awful. my god! Yes. She is and unwatchably bad. She and was a replacement. Like, we... Wait, yeah. from who? She was supposed to Vanity. It was or the original Prince. You know, Ingenue was Vanity, who had Vanity Six, who was the group, you know, six because, you know, three women, six breasts. 
and um <laughs> wait real okay All yes right. that was prince yeah man and you know they you, you probably heard nasty girl you probably heard that song like that was their big yeah, hit absolutely. yeah and she was dating prince at the time they had a huge falling out apparently because she had sex with the director of this movie if you find old scripts of purple rain like online or somewhere all the apollonia parts say vanity it was meant to be vanity was going to play herself and they had a falling out prince and her broke up and he just replaced her with a lookalike and all of a sudden vanity six became apollonia six the other two girls got to stay you know and um she didn't have not like vanity was some great talent but she did have like a stage presence and a kind of charisma that apollonia did like didn't have and yeah. apollonia was like the cheap replacement sadly like that's kind of you know that's how that worked out <laughs> But the thing, I guess, here's, okay, going back to things I just legitimately do not understand about the movie, like just trying to figure out. Um, so all of Prince's music in the movie is good. Like it's not, he doesn't, he doesn't sing bad songs at this club. No. So it's in, I, I, guess, I guess I don't understand. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think they're, they're the like, song, like the what about the song where he's, after he's breaking, well, I guess while he's breaking up with Apollonia and he's singing that song about the chick who like. Oh, Nikki. Darling uh, Nikki, one of my favorite songs that, ever. It's like, oh, I, really? I was, was going to say, that, oh, that may be my favorite song Nikki. in the whole movie. Yeah, See, for I me, that, that was song. one of the, I thought that was one of the crappiest songs. And I thought like, oh for me, God. it was working no. because I'm like, this is weird. And I don't get it. Like, it's dumb. Like, well, I so guess I, I can see understand. why the, the, the audience is, he's losing his audience because maybe well, I don't understand. it was weird at the time. Like you have to understand how weird Prince's music was at the time. It didn't fit into a genre. Like it was funk and it was rock and it was nasty and it was nastier than anything that was on the radio at the time. So it was, and also it's it's when you think about it, again, like these are these are songs that you're playing for a live audience, probably for the first time. A lot of these songs, so something like that may be more of like the more you hear it, the more you appreciate it. As a as an un, uninitiated viewer seeing that for the first time, if I'm an audience in in the '80s, and we'd be like, what what the hell is this garbage? Like, what is he doing up there? And if oh, I'm a club I, I owner, I actually really like that song. I thought oh, it oh this really is a song out. about masturbation. Yeah, right? I, I dug it. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, into it. I thought it totally, didn't like it. Yeah, Tip Gore did not like it. I just, no, I, she I, did I just not. thought music,ly it did nothing for me. Like like song aside, content aside, just and he's like flying around on the stage, grinding and humping everything. I, I can oh see God, as, a, so awesome. as a club owner, right? But as a club owner, you're looking to get in like, pop, you know, pop stuff, mainstream stuff, get people in yeah. to sell seats. How you could be looking at it and be like, dude, no one gets your stuff. What are you doing? Like you're losing people. And well, the numbers are there to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In all fairness, someone got his stuff. Yeah. But it was, <laughs> okay. I mean, he all really right, was Dave. weird at the time. Yes. Thank you. Know? Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Yeah. It, it was, he was weird. I mean, it, it was different. I mean, and it didn't like, again, he doesn't, he never had like a demographic and that's something that was so unusual for any artist. It was like, you'd go to a Prince concert and there's people that, you know, African-American people that are into the funkier stuff. You had people that were rock people. You had, you know, he crossed genres in a way that people kind of didn't do. And that was weird to people. You know, it, 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 it was unsettling. You know, people didn't know what to make of it. You could, you could argue, you could argue that Michael Jackson did the same thing. But he was pretty know, much and, pure pop funk. Like he didn't do like he never got nasty really. I mean, he grabbed his crotch, but like you never felt yeah, any I was kind say, of Michael Jackson never got nasty. Not really. He never got nasty in, in well, you know what I mean. Way. In terms of like his like when he was a big star, not in terms of like his what he did later. I mean, just oh. in terms of like <laughs> I think when he yeah, was very his, different. Yeah, yeah. At his peak, he was Michael Jackson was the one that your mom liked and your grandma liked. Madonna and Prince oh. were the ones that offended them, so they were inherently cooler, you know? Wow. Like, that's kind of how it was back point. then. And I love Michael Jackson, especially back then. But, like, he was the one, like, oh, look, he, he dances so well. Isn't the Michael Jackson charming? They did, <laughs> parents didn't know what to make of Prince. Like, that made him inherently more badass 
you know. It sounds like you're. It almost sounds like you're almost describing like something like the Sex Pistols or the Clash or. Uh, you know, or like, uh, well, or, or, or like public, or public enemy, or you know, like, it, like I mean, it's I, kind I, of an equivalent. I mean, like, there was, a, I mean, you know, parents weren't into that. Parents were into Michael Jackson. Everyone loved Michael Jackson. Like that was true. You know, you, you couldn't say you weren't into Michael Jackson really. <laughs> I wasn't no, I think into that's Michael very Jackson good point. really. Oh. Well, <laughs> sorry, well, sorry. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess my point, my larger point is, at the beginning of the movie, it starts with this dance number montage where he's like crushing it like he's yeah. like crushing it on the crowd and then they cut to the next scene they're like he's just not drawing him in like he used to I'm like, I'm like i don't understand <laughs> everyone yeah. seems to really actively be enjoying like it's like it's like the, they didn't they they they, they shot i feel like they shot all these concert scenes like well we gotta have some kind of connective tissue to make <laughs> right, the movie come right. together and then it, that, that's what's so bizarre like it should start out with him playing like a cd club where no one's listening to him right and then he finds like the and then someone's like oh this is the kid that's got talent and we're gonna give him. Should you have like the rock star arc? Right, the prince's like ego Ray would have never allowed that. Like that's just that's no. As something. a prince fan, I know his ego would have never allowed. But isn't that isn't that fascinating though? Because he like the whole movie. Like this is the idea of a movie where the character is just always the baddest motherfucker that has ever existed. That's the yeah. entire movie. He's mm-hmm. he's never not like it starts no. out. It it would be like the it would be like having a Batman Begins type movie and like he's driving the Batmobile at the start of the movie. <laughs> right. No. And, I, I mean, but I, he's in his, he's in his Prince motorcycle. He's like he's oh, super his purple Prince motorcycle. This is the opening of the movie. He's already I got know. it. Like, there's no orchid. He is story. the baddest motherfucker that ever lived in his parents' basement. Yeah, that's the other. That, well, that, yeah, I guess you're right. The baddest no. motherfucker who ever lived in the basement. And that's the other thing that is like bonkers about this movie that I did not understand. He's like, oh, I'm gonna go and have some crazy hot sex with this beautiful woman, but in my bedroom where my parents are fighting next door. Yeah, and it's like. And I'm like, how is he still the coolest man ever? And he lives with his parents in a tiny, crappy row home. And right. Like, it's just but it, it's I guess crazy to me. For me, because I kind of know, like, the Prince backstory, like, that part of it is kind of all true. Like, it's just, like, ridiculous as it is if you read the autobiographies and you know, like, all this stuff. Like, when he was a 19-year-old, I mean, he was like, I don't know how old he's supposed to be in this movie. He's a kid. You know, he's playing. He's like, really, it was like 27. But he's supposedly, I guess, playing, like, a... 19 20 year old or something well he was this guy he was this dude and the first avenue nightclub is where all this stuff in his it's it's really mostly accurately autobiographical except for a few things you know i feel like this could have made like a great documentary like you know somebody will do it now i'm sure someone take out the uh all the actual story and just tell the actual story of prince with this music it would be great and then intercut it with concert footage of him actually performing right and you've got like the thing the thing that's interesting about prince is and you know my ignorance about him is that he's he's not like he's not he's not the britney spears model where they like no he, he is a dude that can really play the guitar like oh, really yeah. well. Super talent. Like yeah. the guitar like, and like almost every other instrument that there is. But that's like, like I, I feel like. But you know, we think about pop stars and what that means collectively in culture, and a lot of the time they're just figureheads for other people's music, and that's just right. not the case here. No. Which, is, which I think is really. I guess when I say when I watched the movie and I thought, oh, this is a terrible movie, but Prince is a really interesting guy, and I think that's kind of where it comes together. Yeah, the mileage also, you get out of this movie just depends on how big of a fan you are or not. If you're a fan of Prince, you just like watching this movie because you're watching him like you know, be him and you kind of don't care that it doesn't make any sense. The fact that it doesn't make any sense just makes you laugh later. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, and, and again, the movie's like 60%. I don't know. I don't know how to do percentages that well, but I'd say it's just like 
musical performances, either between oh, yes. Prince or yeah. the time. So you're like, all right, so 40% of it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't suck. But you see why this movie was a big hit because people in like the middle of nowhere who didn't have access to go into a Prince concert, well, this was like going to a Prince concert. You got to see him yeah, like, that's true. you know, and like you didn't care back then. You know, it was just watching so Prince be Prince. One thing I want to talk about, and you address this, Eric, and I'll start with Mike, but Prince is a really interesting figure because he is, I mean, we're talking about this now a lot about, like, gender fluidity. Yeah. And Prince is, like, the embodiment of that. Yeah. Here's a guy who is... I mean, he's banging hot chicks, but at the same time, he's five foot three. Mm-hmm. He is incredibly effeminate. He wears frilly cravats and has yeah. loose hair. Pirate and, shirt. And po- <laughs> he wears a puffy shirt. Basically. I don't want to wear the puffy shirt. <laughs> I don't want to be a pirate. So, I mean. Oh, yeah, the pirate. Um, and maybe, actually, maybe, Eric, you're a good person to go this first, and maybe, Michael, get your opinion on that in a second. Yeah, whatever. Could you, kind of expli- could you explain to me, just as. <laughs> I, I Explain to me, how does a man maintain both being both masculine and feminine at the same time like how is that a thing like, i mean my, my wife was in church uh, that yeah i mean you would you would think that he was was gay if i mean if everybody thought so i mean when he yeah. first came out saying that you were into prince was basically saying i'm gay when he first first came out even though all his songs are about women and half of you know not half but a bunch of his songs have the word pussy in the title and like it's clear <laughs> that like he's heterosexual but he kind of i actually always liked that even though i was gay i always liked that he was straight because it upended like expectations of masculinity for people at that time like it was like how is this guy who is so girly like so you know getting so many women i thought that was hilarious i thought it just i loved the way that it, it kind of just fucked with people you know and i think that you know and he didn't care he knew people thought he was gay back then i mean he had lyrics that were like you know am i black or white am i straight or gay when people would ask him he would be like does it matter like he would just not care you know and i loved the fact that he just didn't give a shit like that was so empowering to me like there was a great article recently like after he died that says you know prince was a gay icon whether he wanted to be or not you know like hmm. and that was fascinating no, to I me think that's, yeah i think that's really interesting to to be almost like a figurehead of a movement that you're not necessarily i think it's kind of i think it's really cool actually yeah like you don't you don't have to well, Bowie was that to... way, too. I mean, Bowie was straight, too. But he didn't Which care. Is... He loved it that people thought that, you know, he was gay. You know, he played that card for a long time, you know? Yeah, and, but in, in some ways, I um, um, I feel like David Bowie is almost appealing to this kind of loner-type person uh, in a lot of ways. People, he, made, he, made it, he made it be okay to feel like you didn't belong. Yeah. Like Prince is like almost the opposite in the sense where he takes everyone who doesn't belong and brings them together. Like he's yeah. like everyone can be a part of this weird melange of humanity that I represent. Yeah, um, I mean the revolution like, was like that. You know, you had the lesbian couple, you had the white dude, <laughs> you had, you know, that's what he wanted. Yeah. So Mike, I mean Yes. I mean how many times were you turned on with Apollonia? I wanted to ask flat out. <laughs> Dude, it's what, what, what? it's real hard with her acting the way she's at. Like it was just, <laughs> I'm sorry, she didn't do it for me. Um, the, the, I think the, she's the, very, the, I think she had a very, like very physically attractive. Um, but God, the minute she would start to like quote unquote act, it was like, oh, someone, oh, this poor girl. This is just. I think ugh. she was reading. There's there's a scene at the beginning where she's like 
writing her contact information on a card. I swear to God, she must have had the lines on the card. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> she must. She must have been reading them off. Um, it was like, uh, yeah, it reminded me of some of the line readings from Clerks when you could tell they were like reading cue cards. Right. The uh, the she's a fascinating like their whole relationship. Again, nothing about this movie makes sense about how movies should work. Like. They get together within the first five minutes of the movie. Like yeah. they're like it, riding on the motorcycle. They're, they, they're yeah. having the ro- they're having the romantic montage, which should happen forty five minutes into the movie. Within well, remember, the well, no, but it, she doesn't even see it. She just senses him behind her, and he has like those glasses on. And then she turns around, and he's gone, like Batman. Yeah, there, yeah. there was so many. This so is like I, I feel like, <laughs> he was like was, it was like a moment out of an Ed Wood movie. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Prince, behind her Prince, with the glasses. Must have been in the room when they were writing this, and he just would not stop. With like, how about that? He he picked every single corny moody movie trope he's ever seen. And was like, how about? Yeah. She just like senses me behind. He turns around, and then I'm gone. I, I can see yeah. him. I can see him doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm cringing at all these things. I'm like, oh god, like come oh on. my god, all those things make me. I love that. I just love that because it's like he thought of himself that way. And if right. you know that about him, it's right. hilarious. You know, did he ever actually get into the lake? By the way. I don't remember them actually getting into the lake. Uh, no, she, 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 she did. And then he takes I know off. She, I know she does. And then he's yeah. like, that's and not then, Lake Minnetonka. He, like, and then, he yeah. like rides away. <laughs> no, he does like some kind of loop-de-loop on his motorcycle. He hops the motorcycle, like does like a, a 180, uh, like yeah. in Captain America Winter's uh, uh, Civil War, but not as cool. Yeah. Sorry. And then he comes back on the motorcycle, was, uh, and then and then she's like, oh, my God, I can't be mad at you. You're so awesome. And he's like, yeah, I know. Whatever. Hop on the back. Let's go. That would go. be kind of a deal breaker, wouldn't it, in a relationship? Not if you're a prince, you, man. That's not, not the only deal breaker. Like, I mean, he treats her like shit throughout the whole movie, and oh, she yeah. loves it. He she, like, eats her. it up. He smacks her. That's the one part. Every time I've seen this movie at a revival or something, like, where you, there's a bunch of, like, you know, younger people who've never seen the movie or whatever, especially women, that's the part where they're like, uh-uh. Like that is a, that's the point in a modern movie where there's no way that the female protagonist gets back together with right. him. But you know, in the eighties, it's like whatever. And it's also it's what I mean, they were trying on. to do. They were they were trying to say, oh, he's turning with his father. He doesn't want to turn right. to his father. But you know, did, did we? All we really did was we kind of heard his dad arguing with his mother. I mean, we no, we he's like sense. throwing her against the wall and stuff. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Prince tries to interrupt it, and he's like five feet tall, and he throws him. He throws him <laughs> away like uh, like a little midget that gets. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It, it's this this movie. Like Dave, you have there has to be some like subliminal appreciation of moments like that. Like a woman gets thrown in a dumpster in this movie. Yeah, and, like, yeah. What was that about? Like, this whole head movie first. is insane. It's she insane. Gets, she gets like power bombed head first right into the freaking dumpster. And yeah. she's yeah. fine, and everyone's cool with it. Like, what the hell? Yeah. She <laughs> was, like, like you know, trying to, like... There's so... I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> what did she do that was so wrong? She <laughs> wanted Morris's like, attention, and he'd already had sex with her. He's done with her. She didn't, you know... She's well, getting in the other way. Thing I find, again, if this was a normal movie, it would be about... It would be about a, a rivalry that made sense. It would be that Morris wasn't good, and Prince was, but he didn't, like, he wasn't... Prince wasn't getting the recognition he is, but the problem is the time. I kind of dug their stuff. It's not yeah. bad at all. No, because Prince wrote be all of it. But is it supposed to be bad? <laughs> is it supposed to be like? Are we supposed to look at this and be like, oh, he's not doing what no, Prince is doing? I'm like, I think that I like get that. The, the whole thing. That's the one thing that is completely made up for this movie in terms of like, there's no reflection in real life to Prince's own life because more say in the time he produced them, he wrote all their music. They're they're his creation. So this idea that they had this rivalry is complete fiction. It was just that was more saying the time was Prince's outlet for what he considered his more mainstream stuff. It's like you guys are going to do my more mainstream stuff. I'm going to do the weirder stuff, but they're all him. 
Like that's the that's the the funny part. You know, I feel like there's an interesting. I feel like there's yeah. an interesting FX series to make out of like the making of Purple Rain. Like I think so too. I would watch the like, shit out of that. People versus OJ Simpson or something. You know? Oh my god, totally. <laughs> like I would, ten part oh. series about behind the scenes. I, I could see that working. Well, I mean, I, I do find this idea of so what makes great art, right? Like who who are the people? You have to to be a great artist. I feel you have to somehow not have a certain amount of modesty. Like you have to be very confident in yourself. And I, I, I and this is a big problem on my own self because I'm really like I'm really modest and all this kind of stuff. And I, I I lack the confidence. But someone I think to be really great, I think you truly have to believe in yourself to a point where you can't. Where it's delusional, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, almost, this movie is a perfect a example way. of that. Yeah. I think. <laughs> almost in a certain way, yes. And and. You, 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 you fail on your own hubris, that's true, but at the same time, you're good enough and you're confident enough that you actually do produce greatness. And I just think that cinematically, obviously, Purple Rain isn't there, <laughs> but I think it's this interesting examination of an incredibly talented person that will ne- would never take creative or screenplay structural advice nope. from anybody else. But the thing I have, the question I have is, there's a sequel to this, correct? The sort this. of sequel, and if you think this is bad, I'm not even going to tell you. No, no, there's <laughs> no chance in hell. There's no chance. <laughs> Graffiti Bridge is not. See, I think Purple Rain is a bad movie that's super watchable. Unlike you guys, like I, don't, I know it's not good, but I think it's, you know, as a time, as a time capsule, as a, in terms of the performances, I think Morris Day is super fun. Actually, like just watching him, like be like. You know, this lecherous guy, he's fun to watch. The movie for me is fun to watch. I know it's bad. Graffiti Bridge is just bad. It's just, there's no, it's not shot well. It's not, the songs are okay. It's an okay album. You know, that to me is probably how you guys feel about this movie. Purple Rain is shot well. I'll give it that. (laughs) No, it's got this great moody lighting. It's almost got, um, it almost has a, um, like you mentioned Batman earlier. It very much feels like Burton's Batmans. Like just with the color and the lighting. Batmans. Um, well, Batman. yeah. Well, Batman and Batman Returns. Yeah, Batman and Batman. And so I want to consume this movie in GIF form. That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. like, I want to see I want yes. to see the gif of the woman being thrown in the dumpster. There's a scene where <laughs> there's a scene where Prince on his motorcycle cold clocks Morris Day like as he's driving yes. past him. Like there's just <laughs> moments that are like yes. there are like there's isolated like visual moments of brilliance and I think that this movie should be enjoyed as an album that you listen to while watching it in gift form. That's what that's yeah, my suggestion. That's kind of what the movie is. That's kind of what the movie is for the most part. I mean it's it's I know it doesn't really make sense, but that's kind of I guess that's how I enjoy it. You know, like that's. I, I would have just appreciated a little more naturalism, just a tiny bit. Like yeah. even, uh, even the way Prince turns around, like he like <laughs> turns his head first and then his shoulders. You know, you don't do that, Dave. <laughs> you turn around. <laughs> that's not how you turn. No. <laughs> you know, he doesn't turn around like a normal person. No, <laughs> no. I'm, he I'm wasn't sorry. A I think person. I'm. I think I'm, I think <laughs> I'm enjoying talking about but the movie he's, so he's, much. He's I, playing. He's yeah. The the character is supposed to be. A normal, per- like a relatively normal person. I don't know, you know? if he is, dude. Is he I don't yeah, I don't know if he is. is. He's supposed to be something. I think. I, th- yeah. I think they're trying to like set up a, a a difference, a dichotomy between his stage presence and his home, his like the person he is at home, and it's just totally. There's just nothing there. I mean, it's just because it's, he can't be a normal person. <laughs> he can't be a normal like. When I say normal, I mean like a believable. Like he can't be uh, a believable character off stage. Like on stage, he's. Like uh, it, it, a thrilling to watch, and and it, you know it's like you you believe what he's singing, and you believe what he's what he's doing with his you know yeah. physicality and everything. But off 
stage, like it's just nothing, nothing to latch onto, you know. And that's you know, like I would compare this to a movie, like say, um, it, it's it almost follows the same template as like uh, Saturday, Saturday Night Fever. I would say it's got a very similar structure. No, but it's that, like a kid you know what? From, actually, the you know, movie it takes a cue from Purple Rain more than any modern movie is Eight Mile. What's that? Uh, yeah. But see, that's, okay, but yeah. no, that's, that's a, a good that's a good one. And it's it even has the whole example. thing of like the running motif of like I'm working on this song and it's kind of creeping up throughout like the first act and the second act and then I'm going to finish it and it's going to be like, you know, whatever that fucking Eminem song was, I forget. But like it's the same like Move and there's yourself? this girl. It's it's kind of 8 Miles kind of a remake of Purple Rain. No, but yeah. I, here's what I don't understand, man. Like 8 Mile is about a guy who starts out at the bottom and, you know, that's rises true. to some form. And Purple yeah. Rain doesn't have that. Like, that's what's so amazing about it. It's like it's like Prince saw all those similar template movies. He's like, yeah, but I don't want to do any of that stuff where I look crappy. Like, I need to, <laughs> right. I need to start at 100% and maybe I'll go to like 90%, but people are still going to love me. Like, the music is still going to be really well-received, but then it's going to be super well-received <laughs> later in the movie. It's yep. fascinating. Like, um, so I, I don't know. I... I think it's like an interesting dissection, and I almost wish here's where I here's where I made the mistake, guys. We needed to have a party where we got together and drank a lot of alcohol and watched <laughs> Purple Rain That's... because that would have made the experience so much better. It should have just been a live. We should have just recorded this live, a commentary. Pretty Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> if we had only um, known. But my question for you is, uh, Eric, have you, you said you've mentioned and you've seen this live. Is this the kind of thing that has that kind of cult rewatchability like? Oh my God. Yeah. I saw it at Synespia. I think, yeah, I went, I I don't know if you guys know what Synespia is. It's this, uh, in LA, it's, uh, at Hollywood forever cemetery. It's like this kind of, it's kind of a hipster thing now where they have outdoor screenings and like thousands of people show up. And it's like a picnic, and it's like a. And we have a D, there's a DJ booth, and it's like this huge kind of event. When they did Purple Rain Man, like that turned into a. It started as a dance part. You know, people just got up out of the, off their like you know picnic blankets, just immediately started dancing. Like any time, it just there was a song. Let's be honest, it's most of this movie. And then at the end, the lighters came out for <laughs> Purple Rain. People were singing along. It was yeah, it was a party. Like, but again, it, how much of it do you love this movie? And people were laughing at the ridiculous dated shit and with it too. But I think people enjoy laughing at the parts of this movie that are ridiculous. It's not, I, I don't know if you love this movie, it's, 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 it's just different. You know, you, we know that it's not good, but we love the parts of the, the movie that are great, which is the music, you know? And so, um, here's what I hear. Let me run some facts by you guys. Um, Purple Rain is the Oscar-winning Purple Rain, we should say. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it won for uh, Best hey. Original Score or Soundtrack, right? Um, and it was a humongous monetary hit. Like, we're not yep. talking about a movie that gained cult following after, no. like, no one saw it in theaters. This movie made a ton of money. And, and, and uh, like, blockbuster amounts of money, which is just so crazy uh, because it just doesn't work fundamentally as a movie, but people were paying. It, it's like they were paying to see a concert. Yeah, like what I said, exactly have, it. And, and, but without that, happened to have a lot of weird miscellaneous tissue in it that doesn't quite work. So I, I find this whole thing like this interesting. Like there is no movie like purple. Like you mentioned, Eight Mile as being like similar templates. I still think there is nothing like Purple Rain that is this bad of a movie, but is such a monetary success, has such cultural... Re- like, name another movie like this. No. That, cool that, as that ice. Yeah, yes. No. There you go. <laughs> well done, sir. It was, it was also, you have to understand, he was really smart in how the, he marketed this. You have to understand, Purple Rain was kind of a reaction to Thriller. 
like he and Michael Jackson were super competitive, and Michael had decided Michael to cap did it better. off. Michael did it so um, much better. Well, what? well, Thriller was also 13 minutes long. You know, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, the like, Thriller is. I, I mean, when you think about it, so even just like the quirks of the movie aside, like the choreography on that scene. I mean, I'm watching Prince's oh, no, movie, love and I'm like, it's yeah. pretty good. But I mean, Thriller is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. no, I love I mean, Thriller. This would have been a great 15 minute thing. Yeah, yeah. Purple and, Rain could have been. But a what I'm saying is, thriller. this was a case of one. It was like Michael had decided to cap off, th- you know, the album with like, we're going to do something no one's ever done before. We're going to make a 13 minute cinematic video that's going to blow everybody's socks off. Prince is like, oh yeah, my next album's going to have a movie. Like it was like that's where <laughs> that I whole thing came at from. Parties and he's like, mine's 13 minutes. Yeah, mine is two hours of pure pain. But yeah, what got, but like, what's next? But you have to understand, he also released, the soundtrack came out, you know, a good two and a half months before uh, the movie did. So the videos, everybody knew those songs, or at least the big hit songs. Everybody knew Let's Go Crazy by the time that movie came out. Everybody knew Purple Rain by the time that movie had actually come out, you know. So that was genius, you know what I mean? Like, people were singing along in the theaters from, I mean, I didn't see it in the theater originally, but my brother did, he's older than me. People were singing along and pulling out their lighters because they already loved these songs, it, it that to me was a super genius move as opposed to oh the movie comes out and then the soundtrack comes out on the same day and everybody learns it's like no this stuff was you know when doves cry was on everybody's radio by the time it, this movie had come well, that, out well that explains why it made so much money I guess. yeah, yeah that's exactly why it's, it's, it's it was pre-sold on mtv for months you know we had mm-hmm. seen these clips like i when i finally saw the movie i was like oh, i've seen this movie already by the time i was like 13 because the mm-hmm. the videos were just like clips of it's like i put together what the whole damn movie was you know, of years of seeing the music videos, which are just like strung together clips from the film. You know so what I mean? Figure out the big twist. <laughs> yeah, the big twist. The, there was no big twist. You know, it's like, oh, this is just a movie of like him on stage. Is exactly what it was, pretty much. You know, and um, then he... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I know I was. And then just he gonna... slaps, uh, slaps his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, he slaps oh, Apollonia. <laughs> so um, yeah, I. It's an interesting cultural artifact. I'm really kind of glad I exposed myself to it. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, yeah, you exposed I, yourself. Oh to yeah, it. I mean, I was just naked. I just, just <laughs> Prince totally, makes everybody naked, and you can't. I, 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 my shirt was off uh, when I was watching. No, I I think it's a really interesting a film for a variety of reasons. I'm kind of glad we had a chance to discuss it, and also Prince's legacy. Um, as we kind of close out this episode, um, any any final. Any final Prince uh, thoughts that we wanted to get apart? Any moments that I did not mention because any gifable moments that I did not mention that you want to talk Prince about? Prince because... and the little like puppet that he talks to himself with. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, the puppet in the hat. <laughs> the puppet in the hat. You don't need to listen he... to those bitches. You just gotta um, listen to me. And he makes that I, face. I, oh my God, I love that. So, hey, I would, I would uh, my, I'd like my... to see the two, his two male musicians, one with a pencil mustache, like the two of them just sitting there with their eyes shifting back and forth. Like, and Dr. Um, Funk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My yeah. uh, and now Mike has given me this image that I can't shake of like this crazy '80s party where everyone's dressed in like leotards and like Michael Jackson happens to be there and Prince happens to be there and it's like a saw thriller. Mine's 95 minutes long. Yeah. Mine's eight times 14. as long. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got boobs. What do you got? Yeah, exactly. I, I will say, I, I will say, she is a terrible actress, but I really enjoyed her boobs. Um, she was so, very beautiful. Prince had good taste in women. You cannot argue that one. He, nope. he didn't have ugly companions. I feel like Prince <laughs> in real life is what like Morris is in the movie. Maybe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Morris is just yeah, actually that's true. Morris is just one aspect of him in this movie. And yeah. anyone who knows like Prince's bio, like you know, or is a big fan, yeah, he's just one side of him. You know, that especially um, when it comes to female like proteges and 
you know, like whatever. That's basically what Prince was. I mean, Prince was, you know, he treated women like shit, basically. I mean, we all, they love him, but, you know, yeah. You mean, you mean in real life? In real life, in real he life? kind of was, I mean, really? I, I, he wasn't violent. He was, that's, that's not true. I've never heard of that from anyone that he was ever physically violent. But, you know, he kind of went through them like, like Kleenex. You know, like he, he, he'd have one really beautiful woman and he'd get tired of her and then he'd find another new woman and I'm going to name you Carmen Electra and then he'd move on from that. And yeah, he named her, he named her. Yeah. Um, she's like Tiffany. I don't know. She's something. So she has a really generic real name, but he found her and he's like, I'm going to call you Carmen Electra. Same with vanity and Apollonia. He'd find these people and name them these women and you know, they have one hit or something. So weird. So weird. Your name. Your name or, is now Moonshadow. Go. Oh, here's the best part. Vanity's Vanity's real her, her her first stage name was Vagina, spelled Vagina, but the record label was like, no. <laughs> they were like, you do not get to do that. And finally, he competed. He finally conceded with Vanity. And then he also loved to like, I don't know if you remember if you ever know the song like You Got the Look. That was a big Prince hit. Like with Sheena yeah, Easton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Sheena Easton, yeah. like she was this like super wholesome like. AM radio person that he turned, you know, he like turned her out. He corrupted like, and then her. he he corrupted her, which was just like kind of amazing. Like so, like I, that was just what he was, you know, you know, that's what he, that's his relationship with women is very Morris. Like Morris in in, in this movie is an aspect of Prince. Well, I mean, in, in general, I'm really glad you were able to come on the podcast, Eric, because I think you added some perspective that Definitely. Dave was certainly not going to add with his. <laughs> yeah, I was there attitude. for like this. This this thing dropped like a nuclear bomb in 1984. I mean, not and not at the box office. Either. You know, it was like it was. I can't describe how big of a thing this was. That anything associated with Purple Rain at the time was a hit. Like the more stay in the time songs that are in the movie, they're not on the album soundtrack, but they were huge radio hits. And even Stupid Sex Shooter, that ridiculous song that Apple, another big hit, <laughs> like that was on the radio all the time. Anything associated with this had like the Midas touch of in that year. And I think it's also fun for me to watch too, because it's like, no, no, it's not just an 80s time capsule. It's like, it's a 1984 time capsule. Like this was a movie that was in some aspects dated like within two years. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> aesthetically, yeah, sure. aesthetically uh-huh. and everything. So as a kid, like 10 years old for me is like, that's the age I was when I started to like pay attention to things that weren't cartoons and just Star Wars, you know? And so right. for me, like that was so formative, like, oh, this is, this is what cool is. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, apparently cool is being a man wearing heels. Totally. So that's what we learned. Hey man, I'm I'll tell you what, that. It's, it's all about confidence and will. And like that man just was like, he was so confident that he could pull it yeah. off and it, and it worked. Like, man, I could, I could never so, do it. I also wouldn't uh, look well, as good. I, but <laughs> Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, it, it's the, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't be Jewy and do that. So I mean, it's, just, it's, just, it's just the curse that I, I have. Are you saying I'm Jewy? Um, what? Oh yeah, actually I am. I think that you really could. You could totally. I'm, pass I'm a, I'm a waste. Try. I'm a waste of a good Jewish man. It's just, it's a yeah, shame. You really are. Uh, <laughs> you should have been born Jewish. Uh, anyway, all right. Closing out uh, this episode, guys. Um, Mike, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on my website at mikemirandi.com, or you can find me on Twitter at mikemirandi. Dave, where can people find you? Dave Glanz on Twitter, G-L-A-N-Z, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. Eric, where can people find you? On Twitter at GeekBoyEric. Huh. And what? what huh. Uh, and uh, you can find me at Ivan Kander on Twitter. Uh, that's I V A N K A N D E R. My website is luckynightstudios.com. And um, I also write occasionally for shortoftheweek.com. So you can find my writing there. So what? Mike, this is Q. Mike, shortoftheweek.com. 
Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Mike. Um, if you want to find us, this podcast on the web, you can do so at reviewpodcast.com, facebook.com slash review co- reviewed podcast. And uh, be sure to huh. like us on iTunes, podcast, re- podcast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all that good stuff. Um, I, again, uh, we have the worst SEO value of any podcast <laughs> ever created because apparently everything says reviewed in the title. Every single podcast has some kind of a review on it. Yeah. Yeah. So we totally screwed that one up, but you know, whatever, tell your friends, it'll be good times. Um, Mike, are you choosing the next movie? Uh, yes, he is. oh, I am. Oh yes. <laughs> yes what <laughs> a pleasant watching. surprise. Okay, great. Well, good thing I got one in the chamber. Um, let's go, uh, check out. <laughs> that sounded dirty. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're like, I good thing I got one we in the chamber. Yeah, we spent an hour talking about Purple Rain. Anything sounds dirty. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah, what, are you, <laughs> um, what are we watching? Let's do Days and Confused. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Cool. Dave and yeah, Confused. Dave and Confused. <laughs> That's the, uh, yeah, I uh, haven't seen that in a while, so that'll be good. Also, Linklater has that new movie out, so it'll be interesting. Cool, cool, good times. Thanks so much, Eric, for coming oh, on. thank you for I really me. appreciate it, man. Thanks, Eric. Uh, hopefully you can come on again another time. Sure, and sure thing. next time, uh, go and try to purify yourself in the, the waters of Lake. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. <laughs> bye. bye. See you, Eric. Like I said, Mike had a, a baby. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I did that. The Mormon way. Weeping and closing your eyes the entire mm. time. Crying. Weeping. Fully dressed, weeping and crying.